take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Facing your fears, doing things that you, you know, always talked about, but never really put into action, and then finally reaching that point where you really think that we should, and you just put the foot down and you put your head down, and you get to work. It's going to be a little bit of the topic uh, here today with a, a lot more, and I'm, I'm very pleased to be joined by my guest today, Jalissa Morgan. Thank you so much. Uh, beautiful sunshine out uh, for joining me. I like your, I like the setup, and it's not even one of those weird Zoom backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sunny. There's trees. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you started a cool blog, and I, I was, I was reading through it a little bit, and you know, I'll, I'll let you tell the story. It's called Sparking Bliss. What made you want to start this this idea? What 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 was behind it? To be honest, I have all these ideas, all these conversations with friends, and I felt like a blog would be a good spot to put it all together. Um, I have friends who, you know, are in the banking industry, or friends who. Um, are in the healthcare system or friends who, um, hairdressers, they just do so many different things and they have all this knowledge, but they don't know each other necessarily. Mm-hmm. So they're not sharing that knowledge with each other. And I just felt like there was so much to be said that it'd be nice if I could just say it in a way that my friends, when they had a chance, could read up on it a little bit and give me their two cents and sometimes be featured on it. Mm. Um, So that was where I started. Um, And I had a friend who, she really pushed me to start it. She said, you know, you would be great at this. You write all the time. You're talking all the time. Why not put it all together? So that was the inspiration behind it. Um, And I kind of talked about it for a little bit. And then when I turned 30, that was my, okay, let's just try it and see what happens. Interesting. What was it uh, about 30? Was it like this milestone? Was it like a lot of people seem to think that 30 is like when you really turn into an adult for some reason, I don't, I don't know why it's 30, but <laughs> what was it about 30 that that kind of was like, okay, now's the time. It's funny because I didn't, I'm still not an adult and it's two years later and <laughs> That it just didn't happen for me. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. A lot of people put a lot on 30. Um, mm. And when I was younger, I was under the impression that you turned 30 and then bam, your life was together. And I don't really know what that looks like, but it's just what I always thought would happen. And then you turn 30 and you realize you still like watching cartoons sometimes. And you still like, you know, um, books from your childhood mm-hmm. and you're still friends with some people that you know from high school and even elementary school for me you know and <laughs> I just assumed that at this age that I would be stepping into a different realm and that kind of pushed me towards okay well 30 it's supposed to be this huge huge milestone and maybe this is my version of propelling myself into a different area, I guess, or 
propelling myself into taking a dip, big step to do something out of my zone. Because I feel like I live in a bubble, right? We all kind of live in this area where, you know, we see the same people, we go to the same restaurants, we watch the same shows, we do the same thing in this bubble. And sometimes stepping out of that bubble might push you into doing something or bringing you somewhere to be someone different yeah. or at least a better sense of yourself. Not necessarily different, but just an evolution of who you are, I guess. Right. Yeah. We all kind of like being comfortable and being safe. And when we try new things or, you know, there's something that we want to do, but it's kind of scary, whether that's a career change or perhaps ending a relationship or, or doing these things where we've known it for so long. And then, yeah, we try to do something different. I, I know I have a lot of hard, like, it's hard for me to do that. Like, it's hard to get through it mentally to, yeah. to change that mindset of, of being uncomfortable. Even when I know every time I've done that, it's always benefited me. But for whatever reason, like, it's that mental block. Where, and I'm not even 30 yet. So, like, <laughs> now, like, when 30 hits, I'm going to be like, ah, like, what, you, <laughs> what do happen? I do? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because if it was, if that was easy, if the idea of stepping outside of your comfort zone was easy or doing something uncomfortable was easy, then everyone would do it. But yeah. some people, for them, it's very easy to, you know, jump off a cliff and just go for it. And for other people, it takes a little bit more time. And, you know, it's not just a straight line. It's a, ooh, dip your feet in a little bit, step back out, try again later, step back out, you know everyone deals with it kind of differently, but at some point in time, everyone has to do that where they, you know, take a deep breath and just go. Was there like particular things you did to like help you change that mindset? Or was it literally just as simple as like, like there was just a flick of the switch in the brain where you're like, like it's, this is it. I'm going right now. Mm -hmm. Or was there like, you know, uh, I, like I know like, just for an example, like before a workout, like I'll listen to music and just kind of be like, okay, fuck it. I'm going, let's do this. You know, like, I don't mm -hmm. want to do it, but let's go. Like, was it, was it like that? Or did you like really have to kind of build up to that point? A, a lot of building up. Mm. <laughs> um, I researched a lot. Mm. I read a lot of other blogs. I talked to anyone who would listen out of my friend group. Um, I, it, it took a while. And that's kind of, that's a bit of the um, roadblock, I guess, now where it's, I've written these posts and to continue the blog going forward, sometimes you, you wake up and you're like, okay, I have this great idea. You start writing and then life might get busy and then you put it down and then you don't actually, you know, jump off the cliff. You might dip your foot in a little bit and you don't actually go through with it. So that's, a, I guess, an interesting part of it as well. Um, but to, to start it, I did a lot of research and talked to people a lot. And everyone was like, do it, do it. Why aren't you doing it? Definitely do it. And that helped. I think if they were like, no, I don't know, maybe you shouldn't, then I would have probably, <laughs> you know, thought about it a little bit longer before I did it. <laughs> Yeah, it, it kind of becomes two different mindsets. Like, I'm of I'm of the belief, sort of. Like, I know what the podcast is like. I just did it. Like, I don't. I get worried about talking about things too much and thinking about things too much. One because of my brain and like my anxiety issues. Like, I I, I find just a lot of people will almost think 
or talk about it to the point where they talk themselves out of it or think themselves out of it, right? You think of, okay, what could go wrong? Like there is something to be said. It's really scary and makes yourself very vulnerable to put your thoughts out, to put your opinions out to, especially when they might go against, you know, particular sets of, you know, agreed upon statements, like especially on social mm-hmm. media, right? Like it mm-hmm. to go against the narrative, it could, it potentially could be harmful or, or scary. It is, it is scary. So, you know, but at the same time, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do something half-assed or go into it and just be like, wow, like this is way different than I thought. Yeah. And, uh, I actually hate this. So I'm just going to quit. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. It's, it's funny you say that because that's exactly what I do a lot. And a lot of people do where we literally talk ourselves out, out of it. Like you set yourself up saying, this is going to be great. And then you literally spend five minutes saying, no, never mind. (laughs) And I wonder how different life would be if we actually just said, just go for it. Forget everything else, just go for it. It's true. You know, it's also hard on the social media side. Like you said, I could, how many times do you text something to someone and they completely misinterpreted what you said? Mm -hmm. And I guess online it's kind of difficult in that sense where you could write something and, you know, my friends know I might be joking when I say something or my friends would know, um, you know, I have a big heart. I'm not trying to hurt anyone when I say something, but the stranger down the street has no idea who I am. And they might read something that I wrote with good intentions and, you know, think of it in a different way. It's like we, it's like the cancel culture we talk about all the time. My sister and I talked, we were talking about this last night, the whole Ellen thing, you mm. know, there's, you know, you do something or you, I mean, some people, they should really, you know, their platform needs to be taken from them. But mm-hmm. um, there are some people who, you know, they do things, they say things and they might not mean to do it in a different, in that way or for it to be perceived that way. And that's how it seems. Um, and I guess that's a part of the fear too of putting things online. Like you with your podcast, like it's all good and it's all positive things, but you know, some people just come with their preconceived ideas and just put it on other people, even if it's not your fault. Right. Yeah. I mean, what's the, it's like a, a wild number. It's like, no, I don't even, I want to quote it. I don't know if you know it off the top of your head, but it's like 90% of communication is nonverbal. So when mm. you take away, when you take away face-to-face interaction and a, a, mm-hmm. a podcast is one, cause at least you can hear the inflection in our voices. Mm-hmm. But you know, even with social media, people will just take clips of a podcast and then you'll, it'll be taken out of context. Right. Or they won't understand that. Like, you know, maybe they were just rising each other up or something and just having a friendly conversation between it but yeah when you listen to it out of the whole setting you're like oh wow this sounds really bad he was really mean to him um (laughs) like that type of thing right it's and it's interesting you you say that because um i you know cancel culture is one of those things and it's a hot button topic because some people don't believe that it's really a thing and they believe like everyone's just kind of like having these, like it's a, a justified repercussion of, of what you've done. 
But I think that it's so much more complicated than that. And we always, what, what really interests, interests me is in a lot of things, whether we talk about race or gender or anything, we really don't like to define things in boxes. We like, right? Like everything's kind of fluid and, and we want to like paint a bigger picture within instead of it's just like male or female or, or whatever the example is that you choose to use. But then when it comes to things like, you know, cancel culture and, and some of these conversations we're having, it, we, we really want to define it by like, that's right and wrong. That's good and bad. That's, you know, left or right, like all those things. Right. And I don't think it's doing really any of us any good because we're focusing to me, at least on the wrong things. You know, we're focusing on nitpicking language or we're, we're, we're being nitpicky on these little things. And then the people who are in power or the people who really wrong people kind of get off scot-free because they're just like, okay, well, they're going to argue about pronouns and I'm just going to continue to do this. And it's right. Ooh. Like it's, there's so much nuance and, and, and like different things happening that we can't just be like, oh yeah, good, bad. We know it, and it really, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's a fascinating conversation and what's happening right now because I don't know where it's going to go. Well, and that's exactly it. And I think it's interesting that, like, I, I haven't heard that perspective before in the sense of if you are concentrating on one act in particular, that can be ignored for what it means then that person can get away, get away in quotation marks with continuing to do that act or in a different form, right? Yeah, it doesn't. Sometimes, it doesn't have to be that same action over and over again. It can be a different version of it that might be tied up in a bow, but it's exactly still the same thing. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting perspective. Well, I'd love to hear your thoughts on, on this. And, um, so one of the biggest things, you know, since the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, people arguing over like kind of who has it, has it worse, um, you know, whether, you know, we're, we're kind of arguing over like certain languages or, or all these different things. And on one side, I, you know, when, when people who generally believe the same thing, um, if we want to say, quote unquote, left, left wing people, like they, they believe mostly the same thing, but the, they usually argue over certain nuances of this conversation. Um, so on one hand, as we're all arguing, you have actual white supremacists and racists who are like kind of get off, like that's where I really think they get off scot-free, right? Because we're not focusing on them. We're kind of fighting with the people who we agree with generally. But at the same time, do we focus on that to make the broader community better? And just like that way we kind of isolate, like if, okay, well, you're super racist. I can't change your mind anyway. So like, we're just going to pretty much like just whatever and just focus on really broad, like, right. Like it's, mm-hmm. you, that, that's where I fall on it. I'm just like, Hmm, I don't know the right answer for that. It, it's In my perspective. And I think one of the biggest things about this Black Lives Matter movement this time around is that I've had so many people or read so many things online where people have said, I had 
a prejudice or like a racist thought that I didn't realize was racist or prejudiced. I just went with my life not realizing the implications of what that meant. And I think if we can have everyday people realize how racism is present in society, then it can leave less room for white supremacists, for instance. Mm -hmm. Because if someone were to say something, it's very difficult for you to ignore it or for you to think that's just them saying that. Once your eyes have been opened to what that actually means. For instance, I remember I read this thing online, or I don't remember what it was necessarily, but there was a man who, he was a white man who was driving past and saw a car full of um, black teenagers get pulled over by a cop. And he stopped the car to watch what was happening because he said, I need to make sure that nothing bad happens. Mm. Regular guy. But because of eyes, his eyes were open to the fact that sometimes bad things happen when people are pulled over, it made him think, okay, I need to be here to help in case this is one of those moments. And I think that is an example of if your boss says something or your coworker says something that they, in all honesty, might not even realize the implications of what they've said. If you can then step in and say, actually, you know, you probably shouldn't think that and this is why, or you might not have meant it this way, but when you said it, that's what this meant. Um, and educating each other, I think that's what might change those way, way too far moments where, mm. you know, people say things that are way left field and someone might say, you know, be able to recognize that. I think that's what it, and that's what it meant for me anyway. I think mm -hmm. it's like, I can't say I know someone in my life who is, you know, a white supremacist, but there are ways that some people in my life, and me included, there's ways that I can change, you know, certain thoughts that I might have that aren't helpful or aren't positive, or aren't, you know, bringing us together. Um, and I think that's what this movement has opened my eyes to, and I think it's what is open to other people as well. It's like, even supporting when people say, put your money where your mouth is, you know, there's some companies where, you know, when you walk in, you have to think, oh, can I really shop here again? Mm. Or can I support this foundation knowing what I know now? it's hard to do that. Mm -hmm. And I think that is moving, at least moving in some direction so that change can happen. Cause it's yeah. everyday things, you know, it's everyday processes, the everyday struggles that affect people more. It's like when they say with stress, it's the little stresses that add up to become a big stress sometimes. Yeah. Well, thank you for like sharing that. Cause I know those are very like, hot button topics, but mm -hmm. I know, I know from experience, like I have changed my perspective from conversations on this podcast and having people explain it to me. Um, 
and educate me and, and really have a, a, a humane conversation. Because I find like I, I myself personally, I don't pick up a lot of behavior changes from social media. It makes me become more aware of things, but there's so much noise, like, you know, and like so many people with different opinions saying this is the right way that you have to do things. Like I, I get confused. And I had, I had a great conversation with, um, her name's uh, Chango Walia. And uh, she was saying, you know, when, when the George Floyd thing happened, you had a lot of people saying, you know, reach out to your black friends and, and make sure they're okay and check in on their mental health and stuff. And then she's like, and then I got like hundreds of messages and like I became overwhelmed and then it was like too much, right? And so then you had people saying, no, like don't put that on, on us. It becomes overwhelming. And it's like, you know, so when you look at social media, you're like, it's really hard to figure out what the right way is. And mm -hmm. it's, that's why I believe in having like, you know, discussions with people and hearing their perspectives firsthand. And like, how can I help you as an individual? Mm -hmm. like, you know, would it be helpful if I text you or would it not be? And I'm happy to do either that's going to support you the best way that I can, because, you know, it, that at the end of the day, that's what I really want to do. I don't want to, show people that I'm supporting you. I want you to know I support you. Mm -hmm. And that's you all want that to really support. matters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? And I think that's all that can be done. I think the... Well, there's two things. I think in terms of knowing the right thing to do, I think having discussions and asking questions is exactly the right thing to do. Because you know, something that might offend me might not offend somebody else or something that offends someone else might not bother me at all. And it depends on my background. It depends on my history. It depends on things that have happened to me. It depends on my experiences with other people. There's so much to it. Um, but I think just having an like open, honest conversations and listening is the right thing to do because even no one's perfect right so even if I'm sure I've made mistakes so when I make the next one if someone's able to say you know Jolissa next time maybe you should deal with the situation differently or maybe you should say something a little differently if I'm open and I'm listening and I can understand that next time I'm in that situation there you go I know what or at least I know a version of what of what the right thing in quotation marks would be. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like asking, having those discussions, having those conversations, that's exactly what needs to happen. Yeah. I, I always use a, the example. Um, my brother, um, he did like the, the first episode on this and he came out when he was 15. And, um, you know, I was a hockey player in a small town and we used homophobic slurs on like the daily like that's you know oh that's so gay like all those types of things and uh it wasn't until he was like started calling me out he's like it's what like what do you mean and right like out of context and for me like as someone who it doesn't affect you know you don't you it, it's bad to say but you don't necessarily think of those things really until it affects someone you know and then you go like ah okay yeah and then you can and take it out of your like right now that never even like comes in my mind to say mm -hmm. um or calling someone you know the f word like 
you know, it was a regular occurrence, like in high mm -hmm. school, but like now, like it doesn't even, it's not even like a subliminal thought to say that to somebody. And, you know, it was, you know, him being compassionate, being like, Ryan, stop being like an effing idiot. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see what, I see what you're saying. Sorry. I apologize. And then mm -hmm. it, it goes away. And that, that's happened on a lot of things for me. Yeah. And that's the exact same principle in this, in this situation. Cause it's true. Elementary school, there's a bunch of things we said that now, if you said that, no, right. you're just, it's just not a thing. And you know, it's funny. It took some time. Sometimes you would kind of say something and be like, oh no, yes, I forgot. I'm not supposed to say that. And, and then you get to a point where it's not even the first thing that comes to your mind. Mm -hmm. You have to almost remember, okay, yes, at one point I was a person who also did it not intentionally to hurt someone, but just it, that's what it was. And I think that scenario can be used again a little bit in this situation where you know, there's some things that, and it's, and it's funny, it's not necessarily, for me anyway, um, it was the thoughts, the, the thought process changes, that's what I thought, or the like, eye-opening moments for people, that's what I love to zone in on and say like, that's amazing, you actually think of it differently. Mm -hmm. Versus, like, yes, words are important as well, but for me, this time around, it was really people thinking oh I never say bad things but those thoughts like I do think sometimes oh they must have you know like with this thought process someone must have done something wrong for them to get arrested right the right. thought process that's not a but not a it's not something that a bad person would think it's not something that necessarily someone who is you know proud to be racist would think but that thought process is what leads to certain actions being okay. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what I loved that it was changing. Yeah. And I hope it continues. Like I hope there's, I'm sure there's other things that we're doing that as a society that, you know, other people in our society don't enjoy or don't appreciate or would love to change. And I hope it just continues because we can grow as people by doing that. Absolutely. And uh, I think what the important thing is, is we do it with compassion and with humanity rather than like going back to that, that cancel culture thing. Like if we take Kevin Hart for an example, when he was getting dragged and, and he couldn't do the, the Oscars or whatever it was, because mm -hmm. he, he made that joke, a quote unquote joke about um, his son being gay, like in 2012. I'm like, you know, like, is that really helpful now you know where where is he now that was a lot of time ago has he grown has he apologized like he went on and apologized but for me it's like okay was it was it ever right no but in the context of that time period like people weren't really saying anything so is he still making that jokes well then like now we we know a lot more and we you know we've had discussions and and things but so i think it because when you, and again, I have this conversation a lot with people because I always like get that, that teeter response on things where I'm like, okay, you know, we need to be compassionate. We need to educate. We need to show humanity and, and, and stuff. And at the end of the day, I think that's the right answer. 
But at the same time, that's me coming from a very privileged position because, and I use the example, I'm like, well, you know, if people were killing gingers all the time and, you know, being racist or like, you know, like not letting me get jobs or, or killing ginger, like, you know, all the things that's happening to the black community or, or trans people, like all the injustices, like, but I really sit there realistically and be like, Hey guys, like, don't do that because it's wrong. Like trying to be all nice and, and stuff to people. Like, no, I, I would be mad as hell. Um, and you know, there'd be a lot of anger and we talk about generational trauma and racial trauma that has been going on. And these are all new things that I'm learning, which is adding to the context of my thinking where I'm like, no, of course I'm not going to sit there and, and make this well articulated, like YouTube video trying to tell you everything that's wrong. Right? No, I'm like, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of pent up aggression and I want change now. I don't want to wait 20 years for you all to catch up. And, and and I think about that a lot. Yeah, and that's the thing is, you know, there's only so much that anyone can take, really, mm-hmm. um, in any kind of injustice. There's only so much you can take before you need to scream. Like, I want to be heard. There's only so much that anyone can take. So that is... <laughs> that is true like that is exactly what happened um you know during that time period and i think it kind of blew things open a little bit um and like i said just you know opened up the conversation a bit more yeah but i think you're i think you're right in that sense even for me like i we live in canada and I, can I say that I wake up every morning and, you know, feel that? No, but I can understand it. And I can understand how if you were in that situation, how you'd want, like you said, things to change. It's been a long time. Like, it's, like, it's been a long time. And Yes, things are moving in the right direction at times in some places, but people who, you know, parents, great grandparents, they must be tired by now of the simple things, you know, like they've, there's some people who, you know, even I'm just thinking of like residential schools here where like Mm -hmm. there's people right now who are alive, who have been, who lived in during that era and they you know they must be tired of talking about it yeah they must be saying by now okay like is, are we still here are we still dealing with this again that was another part too for me in this whole situation where i was like wait i thought we dealt with this last year like i thought that things were moving in the right direction but no it's again and again and again there's more on top of it which is yeah. heavy. It's, it's true. Like how many, you know, you got to be thinking for these people who, who went through these residential schools or, you know, lived through the civil rights movement, all these things, you know, how many times do I have to tell my story for you to sit there and believe me and then treat me as a human, right? Like, why do I have to constantly relive everything that I did and tell you like, you know, like the severity of it, you know, 
thinking about people who lived in the Holocaust. Like, why do I have to tell you every little single detail and relive these horrible things that happened to me just for you to be like, oh, okay, I get it. And I'm okay. And because of that, now I'm going to be really like, I'm going to help. I'm going to be nice. I'm going to show you compassion. Like, to me, it doesn't make sense. And in, in, in the same sense, like, you know, sex, like sexual abuse survivors and, and, you know, all that stuff. Like, why do people have to constantly relive their trauma for us to finally get it? For us to finally just acknowledge and give basic human rights, like it to me, it's it's really it's it, it's a it's a lot, and uh, I, I can only imagine, you know, as a mental health advocate and you know, telling my story and some of the things I've been through, like it, it it's and that's really nothing compared to what some of the other people have gone through, and that they have to mm-hmm. continuously tell the story. And I know the the stress that it causes me. Like, so like that, and that's just a fraction of it. It's, it's really quite unbelievable what that, that that's the way our, our world works. Yeah. I think it's a part of human nature that is hard to swallow sometimes that sometimes it takes either, or you could hear the same story and then one version of it clicks, I guess. Um, it's like just to, you know, bring up another story too is the whole idea of, you know, people walking to the park and someone calling the cops because they're afraid that mm. that person is in the park. And it's like, wait, what? What do you mean? How do, like, that might be another version of, of what this is for someone that might click for them. It is unfortunate that it takes sometimes so many different versions of it before it clicks. But I think sometimes as people, we need to feel the, um, we need to see ourselves in that story. And until we see ourselves, then sometimes we have trouble really understanding what that feels like and what that looks like. Because we ourselves haven't felt it and we haven't seen it. Right. Hearing a story, hearing its story sometimes is a little different than actually like being there and feeling it in your soul of what that looks like and what that feels like. And it's with that connection that you can say, okay, okay, I really need to do something about this or I really need to change something about this or, you know, do something. Yeah. Um, or switch a, or, you know, flip our thought process because, no, it just gets in there and unfortunately some people are open to it than others and some people you know it doesn't take that long some people it's just a part of our humanity I think sometimes that sometimes it's this the, unfortunately it's lacking a little yeah I um I really think you know the younger generation is changing that and mm-hmm. um I think you know social media has a large part to do it with that. You know, I think back to my own upbringing, like I just, it it wasn't that I was, again, I just wasn't exposed to anything. Like I, I literally no different cultures, like no different like types of ethnic food, like different people. Like I was just like never even exposed to it. So I never had to learn about it or deal with it until I moved to the, the city. Right. And then social media came along and it was telling all these different stories. And I think with people growing up with that, like, cause no matter where you are, you, 
you see it like you you're you're living it day to day you're not waiting for the news to tell you or, mm-hmm. or listening for those stories right you see the human like you see the humanity right away and i think that teaches you empathy um and that's what kids are growing up with today um and i think that's a large problem is you know i'm not a psychologist i i don't pretend to understand any of it but like it just seems to me like we've done a awful job as a society and and parents for generations on teaching empathy and having people grow up with with empathy because you're right you need to a lot of people do need to see the humanity in in the 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 person because Mm -hmm. i think we've become really desensitized um to everything right like we're exposed to violence all the time on the news or in movies or on tv shows like that if it doesn't happen right in front of you, like you could see the video on social media and you're like, oh, wow, that's awful. Like, and it's almost like a dissociation that that's actually, no, that's real. It's not a film. It's not acted out. Like, no, that actually legit just happened. And, you know, it's, it's we just become sort of closed off to everything. Yeah, because it's over there, right? It's yeah. not here. It's not with, it's not in my house. It's not with my friends. It's over there. And we allow ourselves to get that boundary. And sometimes it's a, I'm sure it's a defense mechanism in a sense, right? Right. To be able, like, it's so, there was a Netflix special. Oh, I can't remember his name right now. My sister's going to kill me for getting getting his name. But anyways, (laughs) he had this, the, um, what's his name? Anyways, he's on the daily. Anyway, so he has this this thing on Netflix and he said. um, Oh, Trevor Noah? No, it was, um. He used to be. I almost want to get to the bottom of it now. uh, I'm gonna pronounce this. I'm gonna botch his name. Um. Anyways, I'll come back to it. But anyway, so he, (laughs) at the end of the year, he had this thing where he's like, "I can't care about everything." He's like, "I can't." That's my soul. Yes. He's like, "I can't contain." Like he's like, "I can't care about everything." Hundred percent. Which was so interesting because it's true. You are bombarded with things all day long about all the things in the world that need to change. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we create that boundary so that we feel like our world is okay. And you know, some people deal with that all. Like some people, that's how they deal with a lot of trauma in their lives or a lot of negativity in the world is let me create this boundary because it's not really affecting me in my little pocket i also want to come back to what you said about you know exposure to other people and other cultures there's two parts of it i think when you know better you do better don't know who said that either but it's a good quote once you're you know exposed to different things then you're able to see different perspectives and make decisions based on those things um but i think you're right in the sense of sometimes um when you're when you live in a little bit of a bubble you might not even know what is outside of that bubble to be able to understand things and social media is a great platform for that because I can talk to someone, I can read a comment from someone that they posted hours ago in some distant land and I can resonate with it and learn from that. And they don't know me, they will never know me, they will never meet me, but I can connect based off that. An Instagram Mm -hmm. post, 
that is in a, someone in a different time zone than I am, and yet you can connect off that, mm-hmm. change off that, and be a better person off of that. Mm-hmm. I'm go- yeah, I love that, that thing you said from Hassan Minaj, because I love Patriot Act. It's a, it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're like, yeah, you're so like, we have to know so much. And I was having this conversation with someone the other day, like, think about all the things we're supposed to know, like, whether it comes to the Black Lives Matter or LGBTQ rights, or what's happening in Yemen or genocide in China or the Lebanon explosion, you know, and that's, we're just talking about news and culture, but let's not forget, we're in the middle of a pandemic trying to avoid you know, this highly contagious virus that we really are so unsure about with everything, you know, like there's some people, most people are asymptomatic, but then other people are having these like extreme health complications that, you know, is affecting their heart or their lungs or their their internal or other internal organs, you know, not to mention our our own personal mental health, the economy, are we going to keep our jobs or did I just lose my job? Can I afford rent? wow, food is going up a lot. Can I afford to eat? Oh, and by the way, I'm supposed to lose weight. I'm supposed to go to the gym. And I'm supposed to do all these different things. Oh, and my family's fighting. And my girlfriend and I, like, just broke up. And, right, like, mm-hmm. there is <laughs> so much. And it's mm-hmm. really hard. And then you see people that kind of, like, post, like, very general statements, like, oh, if you don't know this, you're this. Or, you know, it's like, sometimes it's really hard to find the time. You know, there are definitely things that should take precedent mm-hmm. and that we should know. Um, but I was also having this conversation that like, we also forget a ton of people don't have the internet. They don't have adequate access to the internet. Um, in Canada, in the United States, around the world, you know, there's only like a some sort of million people on Twitter, which is where a lot of this happens, this conversation. Um, but there's 7 billion people in the world, right? Like we, we, and I think that's part of our bubble. I'm like, well, I see this on Twitter all the time. So that's like, this is common knowledge. And it's like, yeah, like we just forget about everything else and then everything else that we have to do in our lives. Like, oh, and by the way, I still have to garbage days Monday. So like, make sure I do that. And <laughs> like it, it, the, the speed of which we're expected to operate now is just like, it's bananas. Yeah. It's go, go, go at all times. Some yeah. people like I visited a friend once in Spain a couple of years, a while ago now, but one of the things that I really took away from that trip was they just worked to live. That was mm. it. Like they worked their jobs. And they went home, they had, you know, went out to dinner, whatever it might be. On the weekends, they went down, they went to like the coastline to enjoy the weekend. And then they went to work. And it was like, I need enough money to do what I need to do and enjoy the rest of it. But our plates are so heavy. We have so much going on. And I think too, like we try to fix and control and you know, it come back to the 30 thing, orchestrate our lives. Cause at 30, we need to have all these things. And I think sometimes it's not until a tr- something happens where we are reminded about 
the, all the things that make life what it is. The COVID thing for me wasn't hard because I couldn't go, like I was supposed to go see Hamilton. Oh yes, I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do that. But that's not what bothered me about this whole situation. I couldn't see my parents. Like that's huge. I couldn't just pop over when I wanted to. I couldn't, you know, I, someone was just saying at work that they can't connect with people sometimes because they have the mask on, so you can't see their facial expressions. All you see is their eyes. That is something that people miss. It's not the, you know, the other things, the fluff stuff sometimes. It's the basics that we take for granted on a daily basis that we don't have the opportunity of doing and that makes life what it is. You know, it's just funny that way. It's, it's such a good point. Like, just think about, especially in March and April, where they're like, you know, like, don't even really go outside. Like, stay in. <laughs> it's like, like, even not being able to just go outside for a walk. Yes. Like, how, like, I know for me, like, it severely impacted my mental health. Like, I already, you know, I have depression. I have anxiety. I was in, like, an incredible low spot because, you know, I, not being able to, to do all those little things, like you said, like, I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see my family. Um, I wasn't at work anymore to, you know, get energy mm. from everyone there. I couldn't go outside. I couldn't, like, all those. And then when you think about it, I'm like, especially then, like, no one's caring about your investments or, you know, your, your extra properties or, you know, will I make it to the cottage this weekend? Like, all those, like, you know, am I staying, saving for my retirement? Like, are some of those things important? Sure. And, and what our society is, like, yeah, sure, we should be saving for retirement. But, like, it's such a great perspective shift. Like, all that stuff, like, this is all made up. Like, yeah. it, it can go away in a yeah. snap. Yeah. You know? Like, if we go back into a second full lockdown, like, and watch all these businesses shut down and us all lose our jobs, you know, like, we, we just, we're living kind of in a, like, an orchestrated fantasy. Like, it's our, it, it's like such a thin line that, like, all this happens and it's like, it's all gone. All that commute yeah. to work that was so stressful, gone. You know, yeah. having to do the nine to five, like, pretty much gone. Um, meeting, <laughs> just all these things that, like, used to, like, drive people wild. Like, it was all, it was all just a thing. It, it didn't actually need to happen. We made it happen. <laughs> yeah. Even the commute to work, for instance. Like, I have, friend, I have a friend who, she lives downtown, but she works downtown. She had a lot of friends who, you know, drove into town to get there. And they work from home now. Mm-hmm. All these things that it was like, no, you can absolutely, like, for instance, you can't work from home. This, it's just not set up that way. You cannot do that. And then it was, oh, yes, we can figure out a way. And it can happen. And like a week or two, like businesses were like, here we go. Yeah. Yeah. And, and those are real stressors that people dealt with every single day that they felt impeded their lives and, you know, took away from time with the people they loved every single day. And just like that changed the -hmm. whole society is very, even like, (laughs) even getting alcohol delivered, like even like simple things like that, that like, 
I never did the pick up grocery thing. I haven't done it yet, but that's going to be a normal now for groceries to, to be delivered for you to, you know, drive to the grocery store and get it put into your trunk. There's so many things like that, that forever have changed in our society because, and it's like David and Goliath, it's the, you know, good and the bad that comes with every situation that, you know, some people on one hand have lost loved ones and will never recuperate from this. And some people Mm -hmm. have lost their jobs and will then lose their homes or have lost their homes. And then there's other people who, you know, now society is built in a way that they will be able to work from home or, um, you know, not even work in a different country if you want to really. Technically, the internet there, you could. I just think there's always the good and the bad and this is, I mean, it's hard to swallow right now because you're right, if second phase comes and we're all in our homes again, you know, trying to protect ourselves, to protect other people, of course it's going to be difficult. Mm -hmm. Deciding to send your kids back to school, that's difficult. There's such hard decisions to make right now. Um, But yeah, it's a, I don't know. It's yeah. an interesting time. We it's thought a lot. 2020 was going to be interesting, but oh like, God. what did we know? <laughs> like, clearly we knew nothing. <laughs> Seriously. No, it, um, you know, at, at times I'm more, you know, worried about the potential fallouts from the virus, not necessarily the virus itself. I'd be interested to hear. And I know like, it's a anecdotal opinion, but like you, you're more around the virus than I am with what you do, right? Like, again, it goes back to what we were talking about. It's not around me. So I don't really, I don't think about it too often until I know someone who gets it. Then I'm like, oh shit, this is bad. Um, like, I know it's bad, but you know, has being around it in a more, you know, I, I know you mentioned that you do contact tracing and, and working in healthcare. Like, has it really changed your perspective on a, a lot of different things when it, when it comes to, you know, what's really important? Um, I think it has in twofolds. I think, you know, in my future, I want to do, um, have a job where I educate the public. Because I feel like there are moments when you get a little news snippet from a little thing you saw on Facebook and um, sometimes that is all the education you have on a topic and my goal my passion is to be able to share the knowledge that is necessary in order for people to have healthy lives so for instance in this situation it really opened my eyes to the fact that if you don't tell people that for instance, explaining why wearing a mask helps, that people aren't going to understand they need to wear a mask. Or um, if people don't, like if people don't understand how the virus works or how it can move so quickly from one person to the other, or even 
I, as a healthcare professional, when I first heard about this, I'm like, oh, everyone's going to be obvious. They have it. They're going to be coughing all over the place and like runny nose everywhere. No one's going to be able to, you know, avoid detection. Only to find out there's a bunch of asymptomatic people, you know, things like that changed my idea of how important healthcare is, how important education around healthcare is. Mm -hmm. And like, of course, it's, I don't even know if I, being in it, understand how much it will change me. Mm. A year from now, two years from now, I wonder if I will, you know, really, maybe, like, in retrospect, I'll be able to see how much I've changed being so close to the virus and being, um, like, like, and being... I don't know, just in it, I guess, in the cloud of it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting perspective because, you know, it makes a lot of sense that like because you're around it and you're living it day to day, like you're just kind of adjusting, right? You're like, like going with the flow, like, okay, like we found like the, because with the information changes a lot which exactly. I don't understand why it's controversial and people get so upset. Like it's a new virus, of course we're going to learn new things and, and like our, our public health policy and, and advice is going to change. Like I, I really do not understand how that is a, a difficult concept for people to grasp. It's yeah. Like, I think know, it's because people are so used to getting their answers right away. Like you right. Google what the weather is and right. you know within five minutes what the weather is. And I think people, some people are understandably so, so afraid that I think they think, if I make the wrong move, you're telling me I could have potentially infected my entire family with that. And you know, it's, it's funny too, not funny, but like it's never happened before. Mm -hmm. When have we, we've never had a situation where there's been something where we said, this is going to, this could potentially hurt every single person in the entire world. And we are not a hundred percent sure what we're doing yet. Right. There's no vaccine, so you can't just get it and then be, you know, okay. It, it, I, I, people have never experienced that before, so I'm sure the anxiety level is through the roof, and I'm sure the, you know, the mental health aspect of it is through the roof because we're used to getting our answers right then and there and it not changing and it being steadfast, right? If, you, if you're a professor and you go in front of your class and you tell them that, a plus B equals C, you better be sure because if you come tomorrow and you tell them it equals D, people are like, what do you mean? And I think we've never really, ex I mean, I'm sure there's been examples, but I can't think of any right now where there's been a moment in time where it's been like, this could affect me no matter where I am in the world and the answers are still cloudy. That is a, such a great point that, yeah, we like we we're used to having everything at our fingertips. Like what a, like that kind of just like blew my mind a little bit because like it's so true. And like of course that would, you, you mean I can't Google this and and you know have <laughs> yeah. this right away. Like it that is, well, that and the control me, right? Yeah. Like I'm used to having control over my life. I'm used to going to the grocery store when I want to, and wearing what I want to. I'm used to seeing my friends whenever I want to, wherever I want to going to the patio I want to go to. 
what do you mean I can't leave my house? Mm-hmm. What, what do you, that's my basic right to one of many, but you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if anything, I should be able to go and see my family and give them a hug when I want to. And yeah. now, what do you mean I can't? The control of that, even the control of making plans. Like, I have a friend who lives in London. She wants to come home. Her flight's already been changed three times. How do you, right. like, how do you plan your life based on that? You're out. Of, it's out of your control. That lack of control is another huge thing that I think I'm still trying to deal with. Yeah, well, and, and you see the the profound effect of that in America, especially because yeah. they they've not that we don't value freedom, but they just have like a a different mindset when it comes to that. So when they're being told that they have to do these things, like, and and then you see the consequences of this, yeah. of everything that's happening. And, you know, yeah, it's, I don't know. That, that was just a really like big moment for me that you said that I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, that gives me like a, a lot to think about. Like you know. those aha moments Oprah used to speak about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, listen, I know you have to go back to work. Um, I love this because we were like, okay, so like, what do we want to talk about? I don't know. We'll just see where it goes. And I love it. What a fantastic Hi. conversation. Um, oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, yes, it was great. I I know you like you're 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 busy working and everything, but uh, if I, if you can have final words, give your give a plug to the blog or or whatever. Tell people to wear a mask. I'm not being stupid. Final <laughs> words can go to you here. <laughs> wear a mask. Don't be stupid. <laughs> um, I think people need to take the time that they have now um, and to really reflect on their lives and where they want their lives to go. Um, I think this is a perfect opportunity right now for us to really take that leap off that cliff and tweak those parts of ourselves that we want to change and learn from each other um, to become better people. And if that means that you take the time to sit down and really understand what is going on with COVID, for you to really understand what that means, for you to block up the noise and think, okay, when I'm not wearing a mask, this is what I am doing and this is what it means. When I'm not loving the people around me, this is what I mean, what it means. When I, you know, don't self-reflect when I have a negative thought about someone whether it's racist, whether it's prejudiced, whether it's just a mean thing to really take this time in the world, take this time right now in 2020 and just really reflect on that. Because I think there's so much happening right now. There's so many ways for us to be better. You know, Black Lives Matter, this whole protecting each other with the mask wearing, this whole you know, there's so many things that have happened in 2020. I can't even think of them all right now because there's so many things that have happened in, in eight months that mm-hmm. if we can all just take the time and really try to change our lives, I think that would make this year good because I think that's what we need to do. And yeah, part of my blog, when I start writing on it again, we'll be trying to do that. Trying right. to, you know, change people's thoughts about things and trying to educate people on different thought processes and just improving our lives because that's the whole point of this is for us to build relationships with each other and to 
better the world and to make our lives better. So yeah. Beautiful. A perfect wrap great. up. Um, I had so much fun. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you so much. Uh, the the blog, it's called Sparking Bliss. Yes, uh, it is. Instagram, what's a website? Um, so the Instagram is Jalos at Sparking Bliss. Um, and the website, yeah, www.sparkingbliss.com. And uh, yeah, leave some comments. Let, message me if you guys want me to talk about certain things on my blog. Um, and together we'll, you know, get through this year. Folks, Jalissa Morgan, thank you so much. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.